Livingston have more pitch troubles with snow coiling off this evening's game. McInnes is backed, Tommy Wright returns and Hamilton end a week in the headlines with a point against the leaders. It's episode 8 of the False 90s podcast. With me today we have Marcus, we have Kyle, Andy and Lewis. Welcome guys. Alright. How are we all doing today? (laughs) Alright, yeah. Busy day today for myself. Don't about anyone else. Just it was the opposite for me. Uh, I wasn't busy at all. I just had a walk in the snow. <laughs> yeah, so deep here, like. I am. Um, I'm very good. It looks like we're about to get the three points against Kilmarnock. So, well, a good finish as well. Minutes, good finish. Yeah, as we're recording, uh, Killy versus Motherwell is uh, just about to finish, and some uh, versus Celtic will kick off any moment. So I'm sure we will get updates Come throughout the Mm-hmm. So, uh, where should we start today? Should we start on Saturday? Uh, should we start at Parkhead with Celtic 2, Motherwell 1? Are we good? Um, I think I'll, I'll start from here. I'll see two of us supporting either sides there. But um, I think Celtic were looking quite impressive the first half. Slowed, slowed down the pace of the game in the second half when the substitutes came on. And it, it does show that Motherwell were sort of able to... to hold on and play quite well in the second half, which just shows how depleted the the whole Celtic squad is. But I think, yeah, so some impressive attacking football for both the goals for Celtic. And I think Turnbull um, was looking look the piece against his old club. So I think it was a good result. You know, gets us back on track. But yeah, that, that's my opinion from a Celtic point of view. From the Motherwell point of view... Quite similar to the Celtic point of view. For the first half, Celtic kind of controlled the game and put a lot of pressure on us and then obviously eventually managed to break through with a goal from David Turnbull, which was painful to watch <laughs> from a Motherwell perspective to see your club's record outgoing transfer score a goal against you. But... Second half, I thought we came out, played really well. Um, really good chances. Really unlucky with the, the shot from Devante Cole, um, which was cleared off the line by Diego Waxout, but I'm not convinced that it was before the goal line. However, we can discuss that in a minute. Andy. We're on the day, though. I, I'm pretty sure you were convinced on the day, like right after. But oh yeah, yeah, was, yeah. You were convinced. <laughs> yeah, they don't. We we suffer from a lack of eye in the sky in Scotland. But I mean, Devante Cole could have potentially. I mean, they were talking about post-match punishment after his kick on Sorrow, so there was chance he could have been off there. But obviously, no VAR in Scotland, so no no in-match review board. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure VAR would have also gave Motherwell a penalty for the challenge on Chris Long, which was deemed out of the box. Um, however, we know if that had been the other way round, that would have been a Celtic penalty. Um, <laughs> obviously, obviously, I would have preferred a draw um, and got really unlucky with that goal towards the end. However, uh, the goal from Al- the goal, the goal for Motherwell came from Alan Campbell. A fantastic lob ball over Scott Bain on his line, by the way. So, I mean, I'll take it. And um, it's just went full time at Kilmarnock. Uh, full time score is Kilmarnock nil, uh, Motherwell one. 
that's uh, the goal again from Alan Campbell. So, I mean, that's three points from there. And then we play Hamilton on Saturday at Fur Park. So, it's another three-pointer, hopefully. However, it is Hamilton. <laughs> We'll touch on Hamilton later because uh, they did uh, take some points off an unlikely team uh, at the weekend. But Don't, I'm still hurting. <laughs> we won't touch on that right now. Uh, we'll get Marcus to talk about Hibs 2, Aberdeen 0. Fantastic result. Brilliant. Um, uh, a big game. I'm not sure if it's the biggest game of the season in general, but it's probably the biggest league game that we've had all season. And... Fair play to Jack Ross and the squad for turning up when, you know, we just had a week or two ago. We've had a very extremely disappointing result in the semi-final, obviously. Um, I think he had to win this game realistically. I think if we lost, then um, the pressure would have grown even more. So, uh, And obviously, as well, off the back of the two wins against Dundee United and St Mirren, um, now we've got three wins in a row. That's sort of just the perfect way to get to that. You know, very strong performance. Um, we've been criticised for being boring you know we win some games but then just been criticised for being boring as well but um, I thought I was properly entertained by that game I thought we had a right go at Aberdeen um, limited them to very few chances and yeah like I said like I wasn't I mean I think Tuesday night after the St Mirren win I was kind of coming away from that like you know we won but it was a bit nervy near the end but at no point was I nervous on Saturday at all I was completely comfortable um, so very I'm very happy with that performance and as well the whole team kind of pulled together like not one player was below like an 8 I think just so many good performances um, so yeah I'm really really happy with that and we should be finishing third at least now so. Martin Boyle with both goals um, the first penalty the second one a well taken well taken uh, counter attack just through Joe Lewis's legs. Uh, Hibs are now five points clear of Aberdeen, but Aberdeen do have a game in hand. One thing I wanted to ask, and this might be a stupid question, but with the Scotland team coming up, does Darren McGregor have a shot at getting in the squad? No. Scotland, no. <clears throat> no. He just came back in for Hibs. There's been two games on two games that I've, he's been, I've been very impressed by him because I watched him, I think, in the Rangers game. Uh, he was very good against us, and I watched him. I watched the Hibs Aberdeen game, and also again, he was pretty solid as well. But no, I think he's too old for Scotland now. Yeah, I, he'll do a job for us, but I think for international football, it's a step too far. Um, especially, the, I mean, part of the reason he's coming at Hibs is because the only competition we've got of Porches is Porches and Hamlin, and they've not been performing. Whereas yeah. in Scotland, you've got, <clears> you've got plenty, plenty other centre backs in the in the national team that could sort of. Yeah, I don't think Steve guy. Clark will want to unsettle his winning side too much as well. Definitely, yeah. But no, he, he was another one who was fantastic on Saturday. Um, you know, we've we've needed that in the defence for a while. Um, I don't think Porches and Hamlin work because I think I might have said it on a podcast before, but just Hamlin isn't vocal enough. And when you've got a young player like Porches who's learning. Um, you kind of just need someone like Darren McGregor, who's just an absolute destroyer, gets in there and he shouts orders. You know, he's a real, more of a captain than Hamlin, anyway. So, um, another thing I'm really happy, like you said, um, Boyle scoring the two goals, I've been kind of iffy about him playing down the middle um, recently because, you know, when he kind of when he played down the middle, like, so sometimes Hecky and Lennon would try and, like, push him out in the middle. 
and I don't think it always worked back then. Um, I think the can I don't know our support's been kind of split on whether he's better out wide or in the middle. But to be fair to him, this season, whenever he has been down the middle, he's really produced. So if you look at that, he's he's just off the back of scoring four goals in three games. Um, he scored two penalties in that time, but also like the other goals he scored have all been threaded through balls. Um, Jackson Irvin threaded a ball for him at Dundee United, and then the one yesterday, Louis Stevenson. So I think he's, you know, the the striker role. Um, he's really proving that he can play there now, and he's really effective. Like um, Nisbet or Deutsch don't do that. You know, they they don't have the pace to make runs in behind, and we can punish a lot of teams in the league by. You know, by having Boyle running behind, yeah, players. I think because exactly. yeah, he's got because he's got so much pace as compared mm. to the rest of the squad. Maybe the defense he's um, coming up against, he's got yeah, good advantage. See the signing that's allowed us to do that is Cabin. See, because I've got I've got another mate called Kyle's a Jambo. He was really critical of it, or not too critical. I'll, I'll be fair, but he was saying, you know, oh, I don't know where Cabin fits in that team. You know, if you've got Boyle and, and Cabin on the right, but to be fair. Like, if we're playing this system where you've got kind of wing-backs, Cadden can do that a lot better than Boyle. And, like, Cadden's been brilliant. He just, he's defensively solid, and he can also, like, dribble past a player or two. It's not like he's this, like, wing-back that's, you know, got one part of his game, but then he lacks attacking quality. No, he's good going forward as well. He, you know, he probably should have scored at the weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, still he can cross a ball really well. He's got tons of energy on him. He's just the thing we need, and it allows us to play boiled in the middle. Um, so no, um, this team we've kind of built after January with Irvin coming as what well, Irvin's been quality. Some of the balls he was putting in, even though we didn't score from a lot of them, but the especially the one to Dodge where we chipped all over the defense. Like he's, you know, we're it's going to be some uh, some ask to kind of get him on a longer deal, but. No, I'm, I'm really happy with how the squad's doing at the moment. I think what you need to take away um, when you're obviously talking about uh, Chris Cadden is that Chris Cadden at Motherwell, before he moved to Columbus, who done a lot of his play in that midfield. He was a right midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's maybe where your sort of that technical skill yeah. comes from. And then it was only sort of when he went to Columbus Crew that he got pushed back into sort of right wing back role. Mm-hmm. But you've got You've got a player there with good dribbling and good strength. So you've got a player there that can kind of run down that wing, which lets Boyle create the space. And because Cadden can dribble round, you're going to get the space into Martin Boyle, who's got the pace to maybe either cut cut it into the box himself or he can swing it in towards whoever's up front. Whether that be Nesbitt Deutsch. Yeah, it's been a brilliant time. The amount of time he's like, and then he comes in the overlap as well. And then the thing is as well, we've got Doig on the other flank as well. I mean, that's scary. You know what I mean? Like, we've got two really quality uh, wing-backs. We've got front three of Murphy. And the thing with Murphy is he can go out wide or he can cut in as well. He can do either. Uh, Boyle is the same. And we've got Doig who just, like, even when he's not scoring, he's always making a nuisance himself. He's winning all the, you know, all the aerial balls. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really happy with this new formation. I think before Jack Cross was a bit stuck in playing the four four two, and teams kind of figured us out towards kind of December. Um, they were sort of just all they had to do to kind of cancel us out was like double up on Boyle on the right, and we had no out ball. But now it's like we can go down the left with Murphy, uh, Boyle on the right, um, Doidge is holding up the ball pretty well. We've got Irvin as well, which is the first kind of box to like Irvin's probably the first proper box to box midfielder that we've signed. 
since McGinn. Like, he does the same role as McGinn, just drive us up the park. So, aye, two amazing signings from our point of view. Uh, like I said, though, it's just a case of getting Irvin in a longer deal because um, he's only here for the season for now. But I hope we can keep him, uh, honestly. I've got a wee question, Marcus. Um, and for Sam as well, actually. Um, so you're giving this team that Jack Ross has built a lot of praise just there. Do you still think he should be the manager? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, after after the cup fight, not uh, the cup semi-final, I think what I said was, for my overall mentality, it was obviously on the day I was pretty upset. I was kind of floating into sort of wanting Jack Ross out. But having more time to think about it, I thought, you know, He's still, if we sack him at this point, he's still not had a full season. Like, he came in halfway um, last season with Heckenbottom at the start. And it's like, I'd rather he had a full season. So I think, let you know, my mentality then was let him have the rest of the season, see how we do in the league, and kind of go from there. Obviously, if we end the league uh, in fourth or whatever, then, you know, but I think if we end up finishing third, if we, plus, if we keep Irvin on a longer deal, and also Newell and Marciano are needing new deals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if we keep the three of them, I don't, I don't know if we'll keep all three though. Um, that would be very optimistic because I, I think Irvin's quite likely to probably go down south or something. But um, no, if yeah, if we end up finishing third, if we have a genuinely strong finish to the season and we keep those, those three on longer deals, then I see no reason why we could give Ross next season. I mean. Uh, I don't know the, the the winning in big games thing is still a worry. I mean, Aber- let's not forget Aberdeen are in a very poor run, so mm-hmm. we're always the favourites going into that. But we've had such a, sh- a change about of managers the past few years. I think it would be really counterproductive to get rid of Ross, like now yeah. or at the end of the season. Like, you've got to give managers time as well. Like as you said, exactly. he, he's not had a full season. Like we we've, we've now had Gerard in his third season now, yeah, fourth season coming. I imagine if he's um, exactly, like, for and example, it, that's just Ross, now like, proven how long a manager should take. Exactly. Ross has had time to kind of bring in his own his own players kind of thing to up, up, update yeah. the squad. Um, he's had what is this now two windows and he's brought in some players that do improve the team. Um, yeah, his record in big yeah. games isn't great, such as the semi-finals, but uh, I mean, a win against Aberdeen is a win against Aberdeen. You can't yeah, yeah, say yeah. anything wrong about that. Um his, Despite his their poor form at the moment, so signings uh, because it's Graham Matthew that's the head of recruitment. But I still think Jack Ross is a big. Obviously, they communicate with each other on, on who they want to bring in, and so far, like kind of under this new system with Graham Matthew as well, I don't think we've barely made a bad signing. Bar yeah, maybe, also I don't think there's a bar there's... maybe Dre Wright, who I don't want to be too critical on because he's kind of the the scapegoat at the moment for the Hibs fans. But honestly, he, he's probably been the one that's not been good enough. Um, Stephen McGinn maybe is a bit questionable as well because of his age and he doesn't seem he seems to just kind of play thirty minutes here and there. But apart from that, of course, though McGinn, which yeah, is nice to have on the side. No, but apart from that, all the signings of like they've not only all been quality. They've you can clearly see what they do in the team. Like you can you can see why we've brought them in. You know, what I mean, we're not just exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like, think I've been very impressed with Hibs this season. I don't yeah, think there's a yeah. player in there that doesn't fit any of doesn't fit the style of play that we're trying to play. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, for example, yeah. Hecky, when Hecky had his first uh, summer transfer window, he brought in like three midfielders, and we were like, okay, well, we need to, because we let go of Milligan, like, we need to. Milligan and Bali, yeah. And we didn't, because we thought Vela or Halberg or one of these players was going to be a CDM, and they weren't. They were all attacking players. So, like, what? Does Hecky think he's going to get away with playing three attack minded midfielders in this league? Like, that's what killed us. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. really under Hecky. But now we've got a manager 
well, not just that, a recruitment team with Graham Matthews as well, that knows what, what, how they want to build the squad, which is really refreshing, um, especially given some of the windows we've in the past, like under Petrie, like, you know what I mean, like kind of 2010 to 2014, just, oh, just some of this, you know what I mean, like just, we had no, you could tell we had no clue how we were building our squad together, we were getting in a lot of loan players, like, but it's refreshing to see that Hibs have a structure now where we've got a core squad we can build around, and, and it's just the confidence in the club is so much uh, so much stronger, I guess, you know, than, than back then. So it's clear progression there, definitely. Yeah. I just want to go back to that sort of point that Kyle made about Gerard when you were talking about Jack Ross. Um, I would agree, but it all depends on how well the manager kind of works. We gave Stephen Robinson two seasons to implement. Yeah, yeah. Well, well two, and a, two and a bit seasons. Uh, to sort of implement a style of play that, that worked for him. Um, <coughs> and he just, you know, it, it never happened. Um, obviously, we got the third place finish. And then you can argue, like, McInnes at Aberdeen's had years and now he's implemented it, but it's fallen apart and it needs to get changed. Um, obviously, Gerald's had a couple of, se- is it three seasons as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Three, three seasons to... Um, implement a, a new system and obviously the results are now shown and it's looking really good for them um, but then you can argue that obviously Lennon might be trying to put a new system in itself that, and it's not going as well Oh, I wouldn't say there's a system at all. I think a new mentality giving him credit but I think it's he's trying to revitalise an old system that is outdated yeah, watching Celtic play, it just looks like you have no tactics. It's literally you're relying. We're relying on, on the quality of players that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're relying on Christie banging one in from like twenty yards or thirty. <laughs> Christie, Mister Two Hundred Shots a Game. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not, you don't have a system that breaks down anyone. Whenever I've seen you this no, season, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you drew with us at Easter Road, like your two goals came from basically really silly mistakes on our our side, but you didn't break us down that game. Like, first half, Christy or Edward were just banging in the ball from like outside the box, and Marciano was cleaning it up. So, um, yeah. <laughs> on the other side of... Uh, I was going to say, on the other side of um, Hibs Aberdeen, the Motherwell board has backed uh, Derek McInnes, saying... Motherwell. The Motherwell board, uh, well, other Aberdeen board, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I've backed uh, Derek McInnes. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, My heart sunk. I thought we'd got rid of Alexander that quickly. No, <laughs> and brought in McInnes. Imagine. Oh no, that'd be a downgrade. <laughs> I would, I would resign as a Motherwell supporter. <laughs> I'd be putting my resignation into the board. Yeah, they're, they're back to McInnes despite Aberdeen sitting in fourth. Um, does that mean his job's safe, or do you think? No, that... the thing is, right. Um, before Levine got sacked, I'm pretty sure Anne Budge came out with a similar statement. Yeah, that. she did. Uh, before Hecky got sacked, I'm pretty sure uh, we came out with a similar statements in the back. Like it's just, um, so it's kind it of like a poison anything. chalice it's in there. a way. <laughs> it's just there to give the, san- the fans a sense of stability and say, look, everything's fine. But behind the scenes, like the board will probably know that that's not good enough. Um, uh, and yeah, I think the the excuse was. So I can't. I don't know. I, th- I don't think I've read the statement from the board. But I think one of the things they said, from what I hear, is that obviously they've let a lot of their attackers go. Like, um, what was it? Watkins got recalled. Uh, they've sold Cosgrove. 
and Hedges is now out. So I think they're kind of just waiting on these new signings. Obviously, Hendry, Canberry, and uh, Fraser Hornby. Fraser Hornby, uh, who yeah, well, just kind of see how they do this second half of the season. But um, of course, Cam- Canberry didn't play on Saturday. Work permit yeah. still wasn't yeah. sorted out. Yeah. So obviously, he hasn't had a chance to to get in the squad. Uh... How, how hard is it a Swiss work for us? Brexit, damn, really impacting the game. Yeah, I guess. Um, that's that's why they lost. The the thing the thing about Aberdeen is like they like I said they, we were comfortable in the whole game like they never we were so comfortable dealing with them it was unreal. Um, I think McInnes said like the game was even until the penalty like that's rubbish like we could have been two 0 up before we scored the penalty. Yeah. Uh, like. With Aberdeen, I think like, if you saw, it's, it's, was it was yeah. it this weekend the um, the club match report, the most oh. biased thing you would ever read. Oh my, yeah, yeah. The basically coming out with all oh, the the pitch was ropey and the referees were the referees were taking the day off and it was never a penalty and this and like it's like come on, it's like you'd expect a bit more class from like something that's being put out by the club officially, but um. Yeah, they're obviously just better because they've lost third place. So that's that. But yeah, if they, anyone's read it, they should. It's hilarious, especially if you're a hippie, go and read it. It's funny. I'm sure most hippies have at this point. Like, who hasn't? It's going on Twitter. But um, yeah, it's fucking hilarious, really. They were actually discussing the McInnes situation on um, BBC Sports Sound prior to the Hibs Aberdeen game. Yeah. And I can't remember who it was had made a comment. Um, but they basically said that it's too late in the season now to sack Derek McInnes. You've got six like, games until the split. Because you've only got six games until the split and another five games after that. So you've got 11 games till the end of the season. Who do you bring in to manage a club for 11 games? And you, you could argue, obviously, like Tommy Wright's now, pardon me, um, in there for 11 games. Yeah. But... Uh, they were basically saying if Aberdeen want to change anything, they'll give McInnes till the end of the season and see where they've ended up. Have they ended up fourth? Third, have they ended up first? Kind of yeah. Maybe even in fifth. Um, and for me personally, I'd keep him. Personally, I'm I'm thinking like if I was an Aberdeen fan at this stage of the season I would I would wouldn't want McInnes to go because it would just shake the club up and it's instability at a time where you need to be consistent mm. you know um, outside of the outside of maybe the top two I would say that third fourth fifth and then obviously the bottom six is like an absolute mess but I would say like you know sort of the rest of your top six teams are still quite open um, and you know, a loss to a team like Hibs for Aberdeen is pushing them further down the table, and yeah. it could be it could be a, a disastrous situation. For example, if Aberdeen go and play Livingston and get you know having sacked McInnes and then get smashed three 0 and just keep going further down the table, and I, I don't think as a as the board or as a fan you would want to argue. Well, what if we've kept McKenna? So it will get to the end of the season, but it just depends on whether Aberdeen finally think after all these seasons in charge, could we 
try something a bit different and a new philosophy and fans, a new mentality. I think the fans have made their mind up. I think they're all done. Nah. Yeah, they, they've they've had to watch that yeah. for what nine years. What? How long have you been in charge? Still, um, I think it's just. I just big, didn't. Um, I just didn't know that Rey Mysterio was such a big fan of Aberdeen. <laughs> Um, I don't know if anyone's seen the photos of the McInnes out banners at the, the club shop and stuff, but no. there's a guy dressed in a Mexican lucha mask, so it's <laughs> quite funny. <laughs> so from anyway, from fourth place to fifth, uh, Livingston uh, lost their first game. Uh, um, yeah, they lost the first game in fourteen. Uh, losing their unbeaten run um, to St. Johnson in kind of a preview of the League Cup final in two weeks' time. Did anyone see this one? No. Uh, I, th- I mean, it can still go either way in the final, I think. I didn't I didn't pay attention to the game, but it looked, looked at the result. I, 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 think it can, yeah, I think it can go anywhere in the final. But even yeah. Marvin Bartley came out and said that kind of losing this unbeaten run was could have been could be a good thing. Um, might make them still... hungry because they might have got complacent. So yeah, I guess it. Exactly, yeah, it makes themselves kind of not having the pressure on them of you know continuing this run and winning the final at the same time. Um, the only problem is is that with the sort of players that they are sort of out of the squad just now uh, with Livingston, St Johnston were able to exploit that at the weekend. And that's how they came away with the win. And if they players aren't back for the cup final, St Johnston could exploit that again. Although I don't think I don't think if if you're a a manager, you're you're gonna let that happen. Like you'll know from that game, right? This is where we got exploited. Because if they don't put put players in that can cover that, or have the players back that weren't in the squad at the weekend, it's going to be. Probably will be St Johnston's Cup to lose at that point, but I, I would agree it's wide open. Uh, it's a wide, wide open League Cup final. See their goals. Uh, didn't St Johnston score from two set pieces as well? I swear, like uh, they scored from set pieces against us as well in the, in the semi final. Like, like they just so I don't know. That, that tells me like the reason they beat Livy. I mean, I didn't see the game, but uh, you know the yeah, both from set pieces. Not to do a style of play, but just to do how well they are drilled from for, for set pieces. Um, do you reckon that's so something I mean, that David Martindale will will um, emphasise in the lead up to the cup final to try the strange and thing is, defend like, you the think set that pieces? Livier, yeah, the strange thing is you think that Livy are strong from set pieces as well. That's kind of how I think of them. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it is like having players out. I think um, is it Guthrie was out. I think for Livingston. So yeah, that, that would have been tough. Um, Losing a centre back, obviously defending from set pieces, but um, no, yeah, it can go every anyway. Really, that cup final, um, still, uh, but yeah, the, the the winning run had to come to an end at some point for Livy. They weren't realistically gonna just keep on winning and winning. I think, uh, and they were, you know, they did well enough to get to fourteen. So I kind of probably would tend to agree with what Bartley said that, um, you know, it probably does take the pressure off, I guess, because if they kept on winning. And then they get to the cup final, you know, it's, um, I don't know, the media's kind of egging you up or the winning run. If you lose this, yeah, I don't know, more pressure. The media's going to put pressure on teams like that. But. Livingston Clifton Gap on Aberdeen to five points. Yeah. Well, obviously they 
could have made that up to to two. Um, but it's, they're still only five points behind. So if I was in counting on the way they are, you know, you never know. They can finish in, in fourth. Uh, St Johnston jump up to eighth, uh, just three points off the top six. Uh, we move from the end of an unbeaten one to the end of a winless run as Dundee United win 2-0 at Ross County. Uh, again, this was one that, uh, Ross County... They scored a goal. Yeah, Dundee United, they scored two goals. Well, uh, wow. Lawrence Shanklin scored. Yeah, Sh- Shanklin had quite a few chances. I saw the highlights for this one. Um, yeah, loads of chances for him one, to run in behind, but he didn't score until the 63rd minute. Um, from a counter attack, and then the second one was from a set piece. Ryan Edwards. Mm-hmm. It was Shanklin's first goal since the um, wonder goal against St Johnston, which really tells you something about Dundee United, and that's that they rely on Lauren Shanklin for for goals. Yeah. And as much as Nicky Clark's obviously their top goal scorer, somebody needs to either feed Clark or feed Shanklin. Um, and I don't know if it's if it's like a link-up sort of thing. I don't know if it's like, a, you know, you, you can't have one without the other with Undee. You've got to have Nicky Clark and Lauren Shanklin. If both of them are on their game, it's a good game. And the thing is, Mark McNulty um, hasn't scored since December. Yeah. They, so, they play the three of them together. The, the, the problem is, like, they're trying to fit three strikers in a system where they don't have any, like, anything, anyone feeding them in. They don't have a creative midfielder. Like, I'm pretty sure their midfield is uh, Fuchs and... And Butcher. What? Butcher. Yeah, but, so Butcher's like a traditional, you know, like mid, like scrapping, he scraps about in the midfield and wins the ball back. And Fuchs just seems like a a pretty energetic kind of box to box player. I, I don't know. I've not, I mean, this is from what I can tell seeing them this season, but there's not like a proper, like, creative player. Like, neither one of those midfielders is going to thread a pass through for Shankland. So, it, it looks like Dundee United have built that team around Shankland, uh, which worked yeah. in the Championship clearly. Um, yeah. By the Premiership doesn't the work. And there's a goal update: Celtic have scored against St. Mirren. Oh, I've just got that just now. Yeah. Who was it? The Aussie. Yeah, Tom uh, Roger. All oh, right. Okay. Not the Aussie. Shane, Ma- McGrath has just went off as well. Um, arguably one of St. Mirren's better players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks like a shoulder injury. Yeah, look the put they've, the shoulder. They've done the, the the jersey sling. I mean, yeah. so far look at the stats. I mean, that was Celtic's first shot, and it yeah. resulted in a goal. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Not not much to take away from the game. Because uh, uh, it's Roderick. Possession's fifty fifty. It's an early goal, but yeah. I can assume it's a wonder goal, right? If it's Roderick. No, it's a nice placement. To be fair. All right. Okay. He always I think just to go. Goal. Just, just to go back to Dundee United, um, with what I said there about a sort of as a partnership between Nicky Clark and Lon Shankland or Shankland and McNulty, maybe um, this summer Dundee should maybe look at sort of try to switch that formation up and get in that number ten or that midfielder that can thread that pass through is what they need. I don't think three strikers up front's the best system. I think they should have one of those strikers as a substitute, bring them on if the other one's not doing well and sort of rotate them. Um mm. rather than trying to start three strikers up front. At the weekend they I, just I, at the weekend they did have the two up front. They had McNulty and Shankman up front and then Nick and Clark on the bench who didn't come off. I mean, when Clark's been playing they've had McNulty like out in the right wing. Like that's how they've been trying to play, but McNulty yeah, yeah. You can't you can't play and that. Like, you can't play natural out and out strikers and finishers on the wings. Um, yeah. 
that that's been witnessed at the start of this season when we were playing Tony Watt as a left winger, and we had like Callum lying out on the right, and then there was times where we we played Devante Cole on the the left as well, or there was times at the start of the season where you'd have like we'd have we'd do the same, we'd play three strikers up front, and uh, Callum Lang, Chris Long, and Tony Watt, and you'd play two of them on the wings. It just doesn't work. Um, strikers like to be centralised so all they would do is just push them three strikers into the middle which just creates space on the wings for your, your full backs um, of the opposing team yeah, Same with like Hickey always tried to sh- uh, I think it was Hickey and Lennon they both tried to shift Canberra to the left wing and it just didn't work Nah Going to the last game on Saturday Samirin 2-0 win over Kilmar I think the big game uh, big, big news from this game is that Tommy White after this game was appointed Kilmarnock manager um, which I'm talking to Marcus earlier, he said it was a bit of a weird one Yeah, it's just a sideways step for it, like from his career point of view, I don't see what he can achieve at Kilmarnock that he couldn't have achieved at St. Johnson, they're probably oh. similar budgets um, I think it's just because he was available more than anything and I yeah. think Kelly probably offered him a little bit more than he was getting paid when he used to be at St. Johnson I think it shows a bit of a lack of ambition from Kelly, though, because they know exactly what they're getting from the, with Tommy Wright, and that's you're going to be comfortable in the table, but not really do much, and kind of play really safe football. Like, I don't know, it's just not a really impressive appointment. Like, you know, they could have, like, like for example, with Motherwell, um, I think Graham, uh, Graham Alexander, he's a bit of an unknown. Um, you don't really know what time of football, kind of football he's going to play. Um, he doesn't, he, as well, he's not experienced in the league, so it's a good kind of fit, you know, they're both kind of fit finding out a bit more you know we're finding out what he's like as a manager and he's discovering the league um and he seems to be playing good football but i don't know like kelly could have gotten some a bit more of an unknown like taking a risk you know i mean like sandwich just probably what, one of the most successful periods uh under Steve Clark that kelly's had for a long time you know and they played some really good football under him um so now it just seems like the border going from that to, you know, we just want to be safe in mid-table. Like, under Tommy Wright, they're not going to push for top four or anything like they were under Steve Clark. So, I don't know, I'd be uh, underwhelmed if I was a killer. The thing is, Tom, Tommy Wright is uh, St. Johnston's most, probably one of the most successful managers who have ever managed St. Johnston. So... I think you t- that tells you more about St. Johnston though, as a club than it does Tommy Yeah, Wright. yeah, it, it possibly yeah. could tell it that way, but... Uh, do you reckon Kelly are trying to, uh, trying to repeat what they had with Steve Clark? We're trying to find a manager that obviously they won't be able to find someone like Steve Clark. We talked about that last week. But do you reckon they're trying to find a manager who'd bring them a a sort of success in terms of I mean, you know winning a cup or two? I mean, well, I mean, I could be proved wrong to be but to be fair, but if they think that he's gonna pull them back into the top half of the table. Uh, consistently, you know, not just not just finishing sixth one season, and you know, but like I, I don't necessarily think he's the best appointment for that. Um, there, I mean, there's, I don't know. Any time a manager leaves a club, we're all like, oh, who who's he gonna bring in? You know, like, but like the thing is, like, there's tons of managers floating around England, uh, even around Europe. Like, there's always somebody, always somebody out there. Like Tommy Wright, you can't tell me Tommy Wright was the only option available. Like, they could have kind of taken their time with it and really I don't know push the boat out like you want like Scot- Scottish football in general needs to be a bit more be a bit more adventurous 
and I think Tommy Wright is just a very safe appointment, and I don't see what it's necessarily going to achieve. I don't see it progressing Kilmarnock as a football club, but mm. I could be proved wrong. But yeah, it's just very safe. I think it's just like a, a fear factor for Kilmarnock to re mm. resign it, like or to sign on a manager from a foreign, like from a foreign country. Um, Obviously, I mean, Northern Ireland, that you can class as an overseas manager, but still the UK. I mean, they, um, tried, because... they tried getting someone from overseas with Alessio. Alessio that didn't really work out well. There yeah, was, was top as well. Like, they weren't doing that bad in the league and they got rid of Alessio, so that was a really strange one. No, yeah, it seemed they, they backed him as this sort of Steve Clark replacement project manager and then immediately gave him no time. Yeah, and foreign managers ago. don't get that much time in Scotland. A Northern That's Irish and Scottish managers seem to do an English, but any anyone else, mm. and it seems they uh, they don't get yeah, given. I completely, completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually remember reading a thing about him at the time that he really struggled with English, so it was really hard for him to actually say what he wanted from the team and the tactics. Um, well, that comes down to Kilmarnock researching somebody who doesn't speak English, though, right? Mm. You can have an Italian translator, like it's not, you know, like there, there are translators yeah, like this, yeah. or interpreters, I should say. Sorry, that is my degree, I should know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and then the game on uh, St. Mirren one, I'll say, touch on St. Mirren, I think, uh, set three, three wins out of the last four, that's not too bad, they're into the, they're in the top six, um, you know, things are looking, you know, pretty good for them. Obviously not right now if they're losing to Celtic. Right? Um, well, um, there's still a long time to go. Exactly, yeah, it's still got six games. Uh, in fact, they've got um, finish, yeah. seven games after this uh, before the split. So, which is what their chairman said they would do at the start of the season. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're aiming for top half, they're they're, they're on that right now. I think we just have to they have to see off the opposition from. Dundee United and St Johnston, but you know, I think I think they maybe could... St Johnston. I'd be more afraid of St Johnston um, coming to take that top half spot. But then again, but... if if you look at the table, oh, another absolutely stupid challenge from Brown there. When isn't dirty. when isn't a challenge from Scott Brown there? Uh, absolutely dirty. Dirty. Um, but yeah, looking at the table, you have got Dundee United. They've got thirty-one points. St Johnston on thirty. 30 points and then Simone have 32 but they have two games in hand on those two so uh, I think it's probably a bit too early to judge but I think 6th place is theirs to lose yeah probably yeah. and I think we'll move to the last game on Sunday uh, which after sacking one of their commentators for saying the word jobby uh, Hamilton <laughs> uh, snatched a point off, uh, uh, against Rangers at home, uh, do you want to cover this one? Yeah, mate. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say snatch. To be honest, I think they deserve the three points. To be honest, uh, so if anything, they they lost two points because Rangers were absolutely shocking. That was literally the worst I've seen them all season. Um, it was a poor performance all round. The only praise I can give was the the subs when they came on, and obviously Alan McGregor. Um, very poor performance. There's nothing I can really say about it. To be honest, it's just from the striking force to the defence. It's just, it's just horrendous but I was impressed when Scott Wright came on he changed the game and obviously 
Uh, Ryan Jack on as well, um, change the game a wee bit for Rangers, put a wee bit more um, pace into the game, an actual urgency into the game. Uh, goal came from an own goal, so it was a good cross anyway, but um, as let's say, no, the only positives I can take is we got we got the point, really. That's how, that's how poor we were. But hopefully that wakes the team up a bit um, for the next game and against Kilmarnock at Ibrox. Um, so it just hopefully wakes them up, just like the title's no one yet, and you keep going. Do you think uh, take that, every game. that in the same way that obviously Marvin Bartley came out and said they're losing the unbeaten run for Livy was was a kind of a good thing? Do you reckon this draw here is is a good thing in a way that it'll kind of, um, you know, wake the team up? Soon find out, mate. We'll, we'll soon find out. <laughs> Uh, could go either way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I can't see Rangers playing worse than that. Cause that was a dire performance. I don't know if anyone else watched the game. I think Marcus, you watched a bit of it as well. I watched the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I was absolutely. I think Rain, dire Rangers seem to rarely. I mean, they've been quite impressed this season, but they just weren't able to string two and two together that game. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. I totally agree. I can't disagree with you for this once, mate. <laughs> Um, nah, it was, it was a pure show, man. Yeah, we're lucky to get a draw, to be honest. Um, so I, 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 would, I, would, I would call that a point gained, to be honest. Um, yeah, we need to focus on Kamarnik now at Ibrox. Um, I, I really don't know how this game's going to go. It depends how, how we play, but it's at Ibrox, so... We it's, not on, against... it's, it's not on, there's not on some terrible AstroTurf in the Fountain of Youth Stadium. Um, I, obviously, if if that's the case, I'm not saying it's an excuse. Then it's a very, very poor excuse for that. If the players are blaming the pitch, but um, nah, it's just a terrible performance. But um, lucky to the job, to be honest. Nothing really I can I can see. Praise Hamilton know. as well because they were the best. Yeah, no, no, I've got yeah, I've got a praise Hamilton. They they they, they 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 closed us down. Um, Brian Rice said after the game to um, just just go and have a go, Rangers. Instead of setting us off, they actually attacked us in the face, which um, some which kind of shaped up our defence a wee bit. Like they were pressing really high and um, made made forced us into mistakes. And uh, yeah, I've got to give credit Hamilton for that. Like I mean, they're, they're bottom of the league. What have they got to lose? You know, they're exactly, exactly, exactly. Leaders. They're not expected to get anything. So that's Is this 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 might uh, this might keep them in the league. Then this might be the start of keeping them in the league. Usually, Maybe. cling on. They're on twenty <laughs> points at the moment, and then Ross County above them with twenty three, and then Hamilton have two games in hand over Ross County. So, um, you know, it does, it does, give, does give them an opportunity to to get out. Um, I mean, course, a, point, yeah. a point's a point at the end of the day for for a team at the bottom. Mm-hmm. A point's a point for when you're playing that bad. To be honest, I was quite, I was quite impressed. Well, not really impressed, but um, I, I agreed with Alan McGregor's post-match interview. That was that was pretty comedy gold, to be honest. They let him give interviews. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, by the way, at the ninety minutes, he was raging like the camera just. I was fuming. You see him screaming just in the, <laughs> into, into. Yeah. The well, area. can you blame him? To be honest. <laughs> I mean, they, they do say goalies are, you know, a bit mental, all of them, you know what I mean? So, he's if most goalies are mental, he must be absolutely off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he's, he's a credit to having the team, and I've got to give him credit when it's due as well. Uh, he, he did his part, and but then he said after the game, he was like, I'd rather play rubbish and win than play this well and get a draw. That's what he said this post-match, and fair play. Like, I couldn't agree more with him, because obviously I was a keeper myself. Um... 
it's he, he played well, but that's only credit I can really give to the team. Scott Wright got his debut briefly. Um, I thought he played well as well. He did, did okay when he was on. Um, so that's the only really positives I can take from Rangers, to be honest. But hopefully we should should hopefully play a lot better at Ibrox against Kilmarnock, and then get another hopefully three points towards the towards the title. It was the only eight, it was only the eighth goal that Rangers have conceded this season, which that's that's pretty poor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the most uh, shots that Alan McGregor has had to save. That's the busiest Alan McGregor's been this season. Uh, oh. Sad. Yeah, it's pissed. What can I say, mate? <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, and I think we should move on to uh, quickly touch on the games that have happened this midweek. Um, touch quickly get your immediate post-match reaction from uh, Kelly versus Motherwell? Um, painful to watch at times. Kilmarnock had a good, good chances, um, especially in the second half. It was a shot dragged quite inches wide of the post. Um, obviously, I'm really happy to get the win, but it's just another great bit of sort of counter-attack and Alan Campbell manages to hit it through. Um, but it was a win, but it wasn't a convincing win. And I really hope that there's a gear stepped up from Hamilton because I know that they're going to be hungry having scraped the draw with the Angels. So I hope that we sort of step up as well because... You know, for a team like Hamilton to draw with Rangers, it's you know, it's a good morale boost for them. And it it just puts nerves on us when we're scraping one 0 wins against Kelly. Three points away from home isn't a bad, but then again that is a managerless Kelly that Tommy White hasn't um, just taken hasn't taken over just yet. He wasn't in charge today. Um you know, three points away from home, that's not too bad. Um, thinking of it that way, I guess. And then obviously the Celtic game is going out at the moment. Uh, with them one up, Livingston versus Hamilton was called off due to the heavy snow. Mm-hmm. I think we should move he- on. I mean, heavy's an understatement. They, I don't know if you <laughs> saw, they, they, they showed a, a wee video of them trying to kick the ball around the pitch. You know, no bright yellow ball can save you. It just went under the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Like my feet just went straight under the snow here. When I was trying to walk to Tesco's earlier. It wasn't. It was yeah. It's bad round here. Um, I think we should move on to a quiz. Yeah. So it's not really got a theme this week, but um, I'm hoping it's a, a good couple of questions for you all, and then everyone else listening as well. I hope it get right into it. It's a bit challenging, so we'll get straight into it. So my I, re- I really don't care who wins this one unless it's, unless it's Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone but Marcus. Anyone but Marcus, yeah. We, we welcome the chase. <laughs> <laughs> one week we should just do like a game of the chase and just have Marcus as the chaser. The chaser. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So my first question for you is, which goalkeeper holds the record for the longest period of time without conceding a goal in league competitions in Scotland? And a bonus point if you can guess the minutes to the nearest hundred. Oh my God. Oh man. Is it? No. I kind of want to go with Fraser Forster. Is it John McLaughlin? No, Sam's got it. Fraser Forster, hey. hey, That's a good one. Um, which which season have... was that? Was that the the season he was here most recently, or before? I had it up. Just give me a wee second. I didn't actually put what season it was. Um, it was in the. Was it the season before we moved down to Southampton, possibly? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sure you're twelve. Yeah, 13, I'm sure you're right. Or thirteen. 14. It was. It was the 13-14 13-14, Yeah. yeah. I think that was the time we wrapped. That was our previous quickest title wrap up that season. Does anyone want to take? You just want to go around and take a guess at the number of minutes. Uh, seven hundred and ninety-two. Nine hundred and thirty-eight. Nope. Eight hundred and sixty. Nope. It's over a thousand. It's over a thousand. Oh shit! One thousand four hundred and two. Nope. 1,728. No, right, I'll just, I'll put you out of your measure. measure 1,500. 1,215, to be exact. All right. So it's a point to Sam there. My next one is um, Scottish League 2 side Cowden Beef have a very unique stadium. Um, What's unique about that stadium? It's a dog research uh, yeah, Marcus has got it. So it's, it's a stock car racing track as well. So, and yeah. also known as a, the Cowden Beef Race Wall. Yeah, it's got that like grey ring around it, doesn't it? Yeah. Which just means that the, the minimal fans sit so far back from the action. It's the second most disgusting looking ground in, in Scottish football. What, second to Hamilton? <laughs> no, Tencastle, of course. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Could have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it, it's not too pretty looking, eh? With it, with a big like rubber, like tires are sitting around all. No. To be fair, lo- it looks better than um, Easter Road. Right. Question three: Who's Scotland's record inbo- inbound transfer fee? Um, there's two bonus points up for grabs Edward. on this one. Edward's nine million. One Edward, for the eight point something million. No, the, right. There's two bonus points. One for the fee and one for the club the player moved from and to. Is PSG, one Edward PSG? I think. PSG. I to can Celtic. tell you, Edwards isn't right. Is Edwards it? not right. Oh nope. no! There was someone from thirteen million that Rangers signed in the nineties. Oh, yeah. No. Um. Uh, I want to say like. Alan Hutton or Giovanni Van Bronckhurst from like PSV to Rangers for like eight and a half million or something like that. Nope. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, got... Is it? Isn't it that Norwegian guy? I can't remember his name. Sam's right with Norwegian. I'll oh, give him that. What's his name? I'm guessing. I'm gonna guess it's like eleven million or something. I think it's like thirteen million. Or something no, like that. I couldn't name an, a single Norwegian Rangers player if I'm being honest. Right? Like, Tori, is it Tori Andre Flo from oh, Chelsea? Of course, 
Andy's got it. For about Corey Andrews. Something oh, about 12, 12 million, 11 million, 12 million. He's just got three points because he's, he's just got it all. Oh um, it's Tory Andrew Flo from Chelsea to Rangers for twelve million pounds. Okay, I remember that? him. That was like early two thousands, right? It was it that. Was, Chelsea... It was. It was the. It was my birthday. Actually, it was the twentieth of November two thousand. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Um, yeah, I thought he had a triple barrel name. So you were you were right with um, Edward. Edward's the second highest. Transfer yeah. fee paid from PSG to Celtic for about eight and a half million pounds. Yeah, eight and a half. Um, right, so my next one is true or false? Aberdeen have won the UEFA Super Cup. True, true. I thought they won the Cup Winners' Cups. It's false. No, but I think the Cup Winners' Cup winners back in the day, the Cup Winners' Cup winners played the UEFA European Cup winners instead of like the Super the Cup. They've won two two European trophies. They've won the Cup Runners yeah. Cup once. Oh, and then the Super Cup. Cup. The Super Cup, yeah. Yeah. So Kyle got was it Kyle? Kyle, you said true first. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, think me so. and Kyle. Um, oh, Marcus Goldway. <laughs> <laughs> so right, You're all right, I, mate. Do, I do have another two bonus points if you can guess the year and the club. Uh, the so 1982. Nope. I think. Are they not winning? No, it's 1970. Nope. No, it, was, it, would, it, would, it would be it the year after 80s. the UEFA Cup. 1983, Bayern Munich. So, Marcus, you get a point for 1983. No yeah, because they beat Real Madrid man? in the European Cup Winners' Cup final. So then who won the, the European Championships in 83? I think it was like Knott's Forest or someone like that, right? No, they were in the 70s. Liverpool? Did they beat Liverpool? Oh, nope. no, no, no. It was an English team, but I can't remember who it was. It wasn't an English team. Oh, no. uh, 80s um... Ajax Nope Ham Was it Hamburg? Was it Hamburg. the Kevin Keegan Hamburg team? Hamburg Oh damn oh. Ham Hamburg Right um, Three managers in Scottish football Share the record for winning the most league cups There's a point for each one Neil Lennon No Jock Steen uh, Jock Steen Walter Smith Jockstein, Walter Smith is two of them. Can you oh, get McCoyst? the other one? Nope. Um, John Gregg? Nope. I think Celtic have won the most league cups. It's probably a Celtic manager as well. I was trying yeah, to think who, who is here for at least four seasons. He actually, it's... Oh, um, Martin O'Neill? No, we're going quite far back. So it's... Um, the manager was East Fife and Rangers. Where's Rangers? Oh. Oh. Rangers manager. Uh, East Fife as well. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, mate, this is going to annoy me. Uh... Oh. Nah. <laughs> oh, it's oh, jeez. Was it like back early, early days, I'm guessing? Uh, we're talking like 1930s, yeah. Oh, God. Um... The only name I could pull out is John Grieg. But I have no idea on 30s managers. No. Nah, uh, Scott Simon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't, couldn't tell you. 
club legend. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Right. Um, three more to go. So, Hamden famously had eight rows of seats removed for the 2014 Commonwealth Games for the Athletics, which reduced the capacity. What was it to the nearest thousand? 49,000. Nope. 45,000. 47,000. 48,000. No. 41,000. No. 39,000. No. Nah, because Hamden's like high 50s, high 50,000, right? So it's probably, if they removed 4,000, probably like 54,000? Nope. 47,000. Nope. <laughs> We're just going to guess every thousand, yeah. <laughs> 44. 42,000. 44, Sam got oh. Oh, oh, you go. oh, yo, I said 44. Uh, I thought you said 55. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, mate. End of the season, it will be, yeah. You know what? I'll no, give Reroll this. Reroll this, right? I want, once Sam's uploaded it. I said 44. We'll double check when I'm I listen to it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> double check when I put in the chat later. <laughs> No right, problem, but um, we get back to the SFA next week. <laughs> no, no, mate, all the all the all the SFA things are going against us at the moment. Anyway, we'll continue. We move. Any more questions? Right. Uh, Bellstruth main stand in Govan is the largest stand of Ibrox Stadium. Uh, famous for the brick facade. And what is it that makes it special? It's red brick, and it's got a marble staircase. <laughs> and, it's it's crum- three, and it's crumbling it's down. It's got three tiers. It's something to do with the actual building. It's the, a, the oh my god! It's it's a heritage it a site or something. Listed building or something. It's a list. Yeah, or Sam's got it. Sam, Sam's yeah. got it. Category. Oh, yeah, I was, I, I was gonna give it. I was. I knew. It. I was just gonna give it to Sam. I want to hear your answers. I want to hear your okay, I'll take this one and then uh, you can have the, the Hamden one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that then, so I will give Kyle the point for the Hamden one. Oh, yeah. um, just, think, just to avoid any fights. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is Hibbs' shortest serving manager? Heckenbaum. No. Oh my god, no. Sure, seven. Oh, jeez. It's not Neil Wynn, is it? No. 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 It's Harry Butcher. Nope. No, of course not. Is it Jack Ross? No. It won't be Jack Ross. I mean, today kind of thing. What year was it? It was... Or era. 2002. Swayze. Scorsese. Oh my god. Oh god, yeah. Because right, it, it, it was Bobby Wilmson from 2004, and then you said that 2002, I was like, what, who was him? Because it was uh, Alex McLeish we had, and of course it was so late, oh my god. How many days for a bonus point? 
the nearest ten. Uh, seven. Thirty. Ten games. Seventy. Nope. Sam again. Seventy. Oh. Oh damn. Sixty-nine days. <laughs> right. Oh, I thought you said how many games. So I was like, seventy games. games. Oh, how many days? My. Right. Do we want the scores on the doors? Yeah. What's the? Go for it. I think it's Sam. Or Andy, that's won it. No, I only got like three there. I think. No, you so more, Mar- more Marcus, you've, Marcus, you've lost a quiz. Oh, hey! <laughs> oh my god. Um, Marcus with two points, Kyle with three points, Sam, you've got three points as well. Oh, nice. And Andy has five because he got oh, all. Well, because he got all the. Um, what was it you got? Uh, the, the Toy Andrew, Andrew Flow question. Yeah, I've done my family proud. If I get an Rangers question, why? <laughs> Overspending bastards. Oh, here we go. I'm not even going to comment. It's, it's really not worth my breath, to be honest. They're just hurting over the season. They're just hurting. I know you're hurting, Andy. Don't worry. I think we should we we should move on to previewing the weekend's games before there's a fight. Best fights are with this court. So we've got five games on Saturday. Uh, the first of those is at, well, not at the same time, but the first of those on the list is Aberdeen versus St Mirren, which could be an mm-hmm. interesting one. Yeah, I'm gonna back Aberdeen. I think. Draw. I think that's a draw for me. I think Aberdeen bounce back, but they don't win to draw. I'm I'll back Aberdeen by 1 0, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with 1 0 Aberdeen as well. I think we should start writing these down and then actually seeing. Yeah, I'm actually going to do that. Right. Yeah, I'll keep a note, gentlemen. I'll keep a note of them all, and then someone gets a Mars, a virtual Mars bar if you win. A virtual Mars bar? <laughs> Just like a picture of the Mars bar in the chat. <laughs> Just in the chat. <laughs> right. Aberdeen versus St. Midden. Right, what are we all going for, Trip? So Kyle's going for a 1 0. I don't know if I'm going for a person. Okay, who else is going for Sam? What are you going for? Oh, 1 0 Aberdeen as well. 1 0 Aberdeen. Okay, anyone else? 1 1. Oh, okay. Nelson, I think it'll be Ooh. a one all. I think it'll be a tie again. So it's Lewis with a, a one nil St. Marin. And then, what's your Andy? Uh, I'm going to one all as well. Because you're a realist, yeah? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just because I'm a realist. See, if it is one one, do me and Andy both get a point each? You get, yeah. you both get a Mars bar, yeah. Oh, nice. Hey. Love, it. Love it. I should, I should, I should, when I should like, or like the the loser who like gets the most wrong should like have to buy the winners like an actual Mars bar on like Amazon Prime or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the end of the season, the person who's bottom of the like we hit a table or whatever. Ah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could do that. Right. Most point. Yeah. Um, we're doing like different. If you get the correct result and then if you get the correct score, kind of thing. So I don't know if you can send like a Mars bar in the post though. You can't Amazon Prime, can you? Like, just send it. Just wait, just send wait till the shops are open and then just buy a Mars bar. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, okay. Hi, okay. Next game. Uh, next game is Dundee United versus Livingston. Dundee v Livingston, right, okay. 
I am going to back Livingston here. Same. I think, I, think, uh, I don't think Livingston will drop points again after last week. I think they'll get back to winning ways, especially against the Dundee United team. But you know, despite scared. scoring two, despite scoring two, I don't think they're gonna, you know, continue scoring regularly or anything. Um, I'm thinking two one actually. I think yeah. Two one Olivier Marcus, yeah. Two one Olivier, yeah. Okay. I'm going one 0 I'm going one 0 Levy, because I I just don't see Dundee United scoring. Same here. I'm, I'm going to go for two. I'm going to go for two 0 Levy. So I'm with a two 0 Levy. Uh, Lewis and Andy are left. Uh, I think I think Levy could. Levy for three. Three. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Three 0 You saying three 0 Three 0 Oh, jeez. because you're a realist? Realist. Exactly, yeah. just because I'm such a realist. Yeah. Realist? I'll go 2 now, Levy. 2 Levy for a loss. Okay. I need to down. Quick, right, go. Next game. Uh, Motherwell versus Harrington. Here's the next game. Mm-hmm. Go. I'm going. I think this will. I'm sorry, Lewis. I think this will end in a draw. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to go one each. I was either going to debate like, are they going to score two each or are they going to score one each? I think I'm going to go for a three-two Motherwell win. Wow. Um, I can see okay. either side winning. To be honest, I think. I mean, if Hamilton, Hamilton play like how they played against us, um, yeah. they have definitely been for a game. One hundred percent. I'm gonna say two one Aki's. I'm really sorry, Lewis. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, two one Aki's. At Fir Park, remember? They they have a really good record at Fir Park for mm-hmm. Aki's. Like if you look back, um, they've won quite a few derbies there. So. And they will for yourself, mate. Um, I think Aki's are gonna win. Uh, Aki's gonna win a nice one nil. The cockroach club that never dies. <laughs> and... Stay up. Eh? This is the Lewis. beginning of their survival run. You're saying. Lewis, what do you think of wanting a real score, a realist score? Lewis. Yeah, so a realist yeah, as, as a realist, what's your score? <laughs> so as an honest defender of the mother <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather be realistic. It will probably be 1 1. Oh, it's going with me. Okay. Next game is Rangers versus Kelly. Um, Let's see who Rangers will bounce back. Um, well, with a win. I don't see Killy. Oh, so Tommy Wright will have taken charge by then, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Oh, Tommy Wright off to a banger. 2 1 for me. To Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that Andy, no I'm, not, I'm not going to say nothing, mate. It's only because he's such a realist. Hey, yeah, Andy, do you want that Morris Borino? I mean, no, no, I actually really <laughs> I have pride, you know? Yeah. Have yeah, faith um, and pride. Well, that, that, that your glorious part. 10 is going to be back on. Exactly. Um, right, okay, <laughs> mate. <laughs> if, it, if it does, you can have my flag. <laughs> and then do I get to burn it? 
<laughs> oh, you can do what you want with it, mate. <laughs> no, um, yeah, Tommy Wright's first game back. I don't see him doing anything too special against Rangers. Uh, 3-0 for me. Kelly or Rangers? Rangers. Okay. Yeah. Let's just make sure, just make sure. Just after, after I say that, I don't think Tommy Wright will... Or do anything too much. I mean, you never know. I'm going to say 3 1 Rangers again for the same reason. What are you saying, Sam? Sorry? 3 1. 3 1. Okay. Lewis? 2 1 Rangers. 2 1. Okay. Right. I think we'll bounce back pretty hard with this one. Uh, Steven Gerrard will definitely have the players hopefully fired up for this one. Oh, Ibrox. Um, not conceded. Well, conceded one goal at Ibrox this season. Um, I'm I'm gonna go uh, three now. I think I'm just gonna go with Marcus. Go three now. I was gonna say two, but um, I think well, I think we'll bounce back hard from this one. Righto. <sighs> I'll have a wee tally and I'll put it in the chat later, gentlemen. And then the last game on Saturday, Ross County versus Hibs. What was that right. one? I think. So we, we absolutely battered Aberdeen last week. Um, the thing about County is I don't think they're going to sit back like a lot of teams do. I think they're, because they're at home, uh, Hamilton, obviously, you know, they've got Hamilton breathing down their neck. I think Hughes is going to have them looking to have it go at us. Uh, they're going to they're gonna come out attacking. And to be honest, that's going to probably be the worst thing they can do against the Sibs team because... If they leave space in behind, Martin Boyle's going to run them ragged. Same with Jamie Murphy and Cabin and the rest of them. Uh, and we're just generally, like I said earlier, this, this squad is gelling really well. Um, I think we're going to pick them off. Um, and I think it's going to be 3-0 Hibs. See, Hibs haven't won at Wolves County since 2017. Oh, uh, I was going to so... say that until... Oh, realist. It doesn't matter though. I mean, we've only not won there until we end up winning there again. You know what I mean? Like, what? that's a good point, actually. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I get what you mean. He's twenty-seven till he's twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's no finishing until he's twenty-eight. This, I mean, if we play anywhere near as good as we did on Saturday, I think we'll give them a real doing. Um, and currently have been picking up like a few points here and there but as well like we've been really defensively solid I'm really confident Darren McGregor uh, and you know the rest of the defence Doig and Cadden as well I just think um, we'll pick them off and Martin Boyle I can see Boyle scoring I'd like Doig to get a goal because he's not had one in a wee while it'd just be nice for him Doig and a cheeky one for Irvin get his first for the club and that'd be nice 3-0 I'm going to be a realist and say 2-1 Hibs. 2-1? Oh, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Reckon it'll be a um, game. I'm going to say for this one, obviously, I, I watched Hibs against Aberdeen. Uh, I thought Hibs were um, brilliant against Aberdeen. Uh, picked them off pretty, pretty easily. I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to say 2-0 Hibs. That's a very fair... I, w- I wouldn't... Uh, I'd like a 2-0. You said three. Oh, <laughs> well, I take a two. I think it's going to be three. I think it's one nil St. Mirren for me. St. Mirren? Wait, who are we talking about? <laughs> Andy. Sorry, oh, I don't oh, doubt. Who are we playing? Two weeks Andy. in a row, we've had a meltdown. 
You're hips playing. <laughs> County. County. Ross County. You said Ross County. That was in my brain. Um, I think one nil Ross it? County. Yeah, because you're saying how Ross County Hibs have won since 2017. Look. What's your prediction, man? <laughs> That's my point. What's your prediction? Uh, one nil County. Wow. You're definitely, you're definitely not winning a Mars bar, 100%. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you get this result right, I'll, I will, I will say my. I'll, apologies. I'll be expecting two more spies for that one. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. What, um, uh, so, Andy, I'm interested to hear. Um, what about, what about this Hibs team right now? Do you think County will, will do well in, in exploiting? Nothing. I just think they'll have an off day. Hibs. I mean, to be fair, um, we are. Hibs. County will capitalise on that. We, we do tend to do that. We do have off days. Would you an off day, to be honest? <laughs> after three Which, wins in the row. That's, yeah, actually, that's a fair point. Maybe Andy isn't as mental as we all think he is, but. It's only because he's a realist. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's only because he's a realist. Just of wait on Lewis's prediction for Kenny yeah. B. Hibs. Oh, he's speaking, but it's like no coming through. Uh, yeah. There we go. There. Oh. Yeah, man. There we go. Sorry, my 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 AirPod is slid at my ear a bit. Um, <laughs> I'll go one nil county as well. Wow. Two years. Yeah. Oh. I think we could do it. Right. So we've got our predictions for this week, gentlemen. Uh, what got, we did is we did like sort of like a. We've still got a game on Sunday as well. Have we? Oh, my apologies. Uh, I've not St. John's, exactly. St. Johnston versus Celtic. The big one. Oh. 2-1 Celtic. Um, St. Johnston will give them a game and they'll get a goal. They'll score first, actually, I think. St. Johnston and then Celtic will turn it on second half and they'll end up winning. I, I think this is uh, a time to get out the old faithful and the customary 5-5. Five, five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look, Sam. If you're right, I'll I'll give you a hundred Mars bars. Let's see. But like, so I think it's three, a... three, three, one Celtic. Let's see. We we have to have a five-five prediction every week, and the person who wins that gets ten Mars bars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If there is if there is a five-five because if you what, predict what did you that, then... one, did you say three-one Celtic? Three-one. Over right? Just say if you predict a game to finish five-five and it actually does, then. You know what I mean? If you put a bet on that, you'd be winning like some money, eh? So like... I'm actually gonna do that now. Why not? Aye. <laughs> hey, what's up with yourself, man? I can't even mind what game it is. Celtic St. Mirren. It's the Johnson Celtic. Saint somebody. Celtic. We're playing. Lee now Celtic. Huh? I am going to go for this one. Should I go out the blue? But it won't happen. Uh, I'm going to say 3 0 St Johnston. <laughs> if that happens, you're not getting any Mars bars, you're getting a telling off. Pitford's a hard place to go to, so. I think. Um... Only because of the snow. That's another disgusting stadium, by the way. What is that seating arrangement? Nah, I'm only joking. I think it will. I think. I think it will. Realistically, I think it will be um, two ones in Johnson. I can't even put a yeah. bet on five five. What did you say again, Lewis? Was it three one? You said yeah, three 0 Three 0 oh, Okay. No worries. Cool. Right. That's. Is that everything then, Sam? 
Yeah, that's all the games this weekend. Um, I can't even put a bet on the 5-5 draw. Not letting you. Not letting me. Too worried that you'll like rob them of a ton of money. That's the thing. You know, I mean, they know. <laughs> they know. They know. Yeah, they they just know. Like, aye. anyway, guys, I think that is it for today. Unless anyone else has got anything else to bring up. I'm just gonna get my dinner out. Sounds like a plan. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to get mine as well, actually. So um, thank you guys for joining me today. And thank you guys for listening as well. And we'll see you all next week. See ya. See you later, guys. The False 90s podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, and our website at false90s.wordpress.com. For updates, follow False 90s on both Twitter and Instagram. And a big thank you to Francisco Alvia and his track Space Game, which is our theme tune.